Ladies and gentlemen, you have found yourself listening to I Don't Get It. I Don't Get It, the pop culture Get Off My Lawn cast. The world's greatest podcast, of course. Uh, this show, what is this show about? It is about the open, hopefully open-minded musings of two late 40s curmudgeons as we contend with, wrestle with, grapple with, fence with our growing, increasing, it never ends, Bill. It never ends. Ever ends. Not not for a single second. Uh, our growing entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. Hello. I am the founder and the senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. Uh, I almost forgot our slogan there for a minute, Bill. You know, that's that's how. Need a little more coffee here on this Saturday morning. Uh, and with me, as always, my co-host Bill. I refer to him as because that's his name. Tell us more, sir. Yes, it's from the Greek William. My name is Bill Scurry. I am the founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which, if I may um, talk about my personal company, my booming concern, um, my very real uh, enterprise, it is a, uh, it's a stout and hearty man in the twilight of his years. A, a Brian Denny, he type, if you will. Standing in the middle of Montana Creek, fly casting for trout, quietly ruminating on a long life spent building a ranching empire, and then watching as his ungrateful adult children fight amongst each other as they cut it to pieces. Okay, why is that Brian Denny? Wouldn't it logically be Kevin Costner? Because it sounds like you're referring to Yellowstone. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a well. Look, when I built this company, I decided to go to. I, I decided to be like you know a synthetic of a number of different sources. So there's a, there's a little bit of Kevin Costner. There's a little bit of um, a river runs through it. There's a little bit of Legends of the Fall and you know things like that. Okay, is Legends of the Fall about a ranch in Montana? I literally, it's like one of these movie titles, like you know it, and like I literally don't know the first thing about that. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I watched a river runs through it. I would say in the last year, and that is very. No, much I about, asked about Legends of the Fall. I know. Oh, I know. I know. I, the Legend of the Fall. I had I forgot that the two of them were not the same movie. And I think right. they're they were based on that was back in the old days. You remember when they would adapt a book in like 1990? Yes. And that was yes. a prestige like blockbuster. Yeah. Was a it wasn't 1990, dude. Like they did that with No Country for Old Men, like. 10 years ago or no i know but that was good and like legends of the fall was boring that's my thing is they were they were turgid right. novels i tell you i gotta tell you that fall had so many legends i mean more than one legend really yeah you know so that's basically what the movie wasn't that the name was. of that superhero show that was on the cw for a while <laughs> legends <laughs> of the fall i don't know i i, I don't i don't subscribe oh, to it Jesus. so do i know enough of this nonsense all right so this show we talk about well, we say entertainment irrelevance, but this uh, topic this week, not quite entertain. Well, it is entertainment. That's kind of the... It's definitely the irrelevance. Here. That's kind of the... <laughs> yes. That's kind of the rub here is that it's uh, ostensibly not entertainment, but definitely framed as entertainment, which is part of... Perhaps how about, how about infotainment popular. irrelevance? Info. Or, or my favorite... Edu edutainment. <laughs> Edut I read about that. I saw a post about that woman the other day. She was at some big concert in New York. Short, uh, long story short, folks, uh, I love this story. About 10 years ago, Bill and another friend of ours are in a, a diner in New York, and we're talking, and, you know, I don't think we were, we weren't being obnoxious. We were being we, charming and hilarious is what we were being. We, we, we said various things. We, we used the term edutainment, mostly um, ironically, and later that night I go home. And I on Facebook, and I see an acquaintance of mine who I'm Facebook friends with, because you know I'd met her in like 2009. You meet anyone in 2009, you become Facebook friends with them. 
And she's ranting about how she overheard some obnoxious people at the diner using the word edutainment. <laughs> she didn't recognize me, but she overheard us. But that's a great, everyone, that's a great prelude for this topic. And everyone starts ranting about how, like, those people are the worst. They should be. And she thought we were tourists. Like, all three of us have lived in New York a combined, like, 80 years. Yeah, <laughs> Not that much, but, like, 50 years. And she's ranting, like, all these assumptions about us that were completely wrong. <laughs> and you posted on her wall or something. Yeah. I said, I, I you said, posted I feel, something. It's not like I feel so seen, you know, something like that. Glad, <laughs> glad you can hear me. Oh, those are the days, my friend. Uh, anyway, all right. So our topic this week, you know, we always look at something that's popular, that's big. And this, uh, I had heard of this. You had certainly heard of this. Your wife sure. is a, has been a user of this. Yeah, it is an take. app. It is a service. And I, uh, I'm a big reader of Slate, Slate.com. And they had an article about this. This is a thing that claims that five units of its service are comparable to four university semesters of learning. In half the time. And uh, I read a bit about that on Reddit where thousands, but many, many people were agreeing or saying, sounds like bluster, but I feel that that is true. Uh, But I was brought to my attention on Slate by an article titled, What Do We Even Want from Duolingo? And the subhead of this article said, you can't learn a language on a free app. And even if you could, what's the point? Duolingo. It is an app. It was launched in 2012 and created by Guatemalan computer scientist Luis Van Aan. He is 44 years old. How how much of a loser do you feel, Bill? Uh, You know, we're getting to a point where everyone's going to be younger than us. You know, that's when I first felt old is when not when people younger than me were being successful, but when people younger than me were being successful and there was nothing remarkable about their age. Right. It's fine if they're like, oh, he's done this, he's done this, and he's only 21. That made me feel fine because I know I'm not, you know, exceptional. I know I'm average, so fine. There are going to be people who are going to do better than me. But when, like, someone does way better than me and it's, like, and they're younger than me and there's, oh, yeah, that's the age at which you take over the world. Like, fuck. Anyway, so Luis Van Aan, uh, originally from Guatemala, now lives in Pittsburgh. Duolingo is headquartered in Pittsburgh. Uh, before Duolingo, he made his dough, his bones creating the CAPTCHA, which I never realized CAPTCHA stands for Completely Automated Public Turing Test to Tell Computers and Humans Apart. It's a little thing where you get a snippet of text, type this word that looks all distorted, and we know you're not a robot. Uh, And uh, somewhere along the line, you got a MacArthur Genius Grant. And Duolingo uh, did really well in the 2010s. It is uh, currently the most frequently downloaded app, a language, sorry, most frequently downloaded education app in the world, boasting 60 million users. Um, and it was doing all right in the 2010s, but it spiked dramatically in March of 2020. Everyone's like, fuck it, I'm stuck at home. Let's learn a language. Um, it teaches you a language. If I didn't make that clear, the idea is you can learn various languages. Uh, its daily active users grew 62% in the first quarter of 2023 compared with one year earlier. Um, and they teach you, God, dozens and dozens of languages you can learn through a gamified system. Every day, you do a few quick lessons. You can change how much you sign up for, how much of a commitment. Uh, and it's freemium. The basic level is all free. Um, and they also have uh, music learning. And uh, they're working on developing a music learning app. And they also have a reading learning app for kids. Uh, and in 2020, Duolingo began using GPT-3, one of the uh, AI 
what would you call it? AI apps, AI machines, yeah. AI entities, entities, system learning, right. uh, framework. I don't know somewhere. Right like from from the company OpenAI, uh, GPT three is a large language model created by artificial intelligence company OpenAI to generate reading comprehension questions to its English proficiency test. This is integrated into its uh, into its role play function, which I believe isn't on the free level, and it's sort of like a way to theoretically have a conversation with a quote-unquote native speaker in the language you're trying to learn. So millions of people are trying to learn language via Duolingo. Uh, kids are trying to learn their ABCs through Duolingo ABC, and soon maybe Duolingo's music app might teach people how to play various instruments. Uh, Bill, you are aware of this because your wife is has been using it for years now to yeah. learn Dutch. Yes. Because, you know, you're in Amsterdam. And you, you have an interesting test case. She's using Duolingo. You're actually going to a class taught by a human being, right? Yeah, we have different pedagogies. That is true. Right. So compare and contrast. Uh, I had heard of this. I only started using it a few days ago. I am. I used to sort of speak French. It's mostly gone, but I've always wished I learned Spanish. So I'm quote unquote learning Spanish. So I've been playing with it for four days. But uh, I'll get to what I thought. But Bill, what did you think? What do you think of Duolingo? Well, they got their conjugations uh, all wrong for Sentinelese Islander speak. I noticed that that is definitely lacking in terms of It's a the, tough one. They, yeah. they, they had an ad on Indeed looking for a native uh, Sentinelese Island speaker uh, education expert. And it was really hard to find the right Right. Answer. The last consultant was uh, speared through the chest with a uh, poison-tipped uh, <laughs> javelin. But uh, other than that... It, it's a running joke on our show, the Sentinelese yeah. Islanders. It is perhaps, unfortunately, the yeah. most picked-on tribe that we... But it's also the funniest uh, yeah, the, butt of the joke. On the upside is they have no idea, so who cares, you know? Unless, of course, you know, it's like a cargo cult. They're like a refrigerator dropped out of a... You know, and it's, or, you know, a oh, iPod. it's all fake? They, they pretend that they're... No, no, no. The, I'm saying it's like or? there's some artifact that has our podcast on it. It landed right. in the jungle. They right. worship it. And it, it's our voices right. squawking out from right. an iPhone or the something. The only contact they have with the modern world is listening to our podcast. Okay, we're huge at the central you know we barely get any listeners in the u.s but in the centralese islands we have like an 82 share we are unto, unto gods it is us and yes, sort of we some, are yeah. some sort of yeah. rock face entity that, that they worship exactly. as a pan-animist exactly. to god yes. yeah that's it we are even bigger than my favorite murder in the central all right so yeah me and my wife are undergoing two different pedagogies for a while um in terms of Dutch. Now, we both started out in a classroom scenario, uh, but my wife indicated that, like much like Mason Verger, she would rather cut her face off with shards of glass uh, than remain in a class with me, simply because my, uh, my pedantic, slow-moving, slow-grinding, nearly courtroom legal-style argumentative um, <laughs> learning approach. Uh, was, You're always pulling on your suspenders. <laughs> yeah, for her, it was uh, it was like nails on a chalkboard. She just learns differently than me, and, and being in a class with me did not work for her. It just made her want to kill me. So she immediately switched over to an app. Um, so she, went, she had the experience of going from... Um, the OG, uh, uh, what am I looking for? Rosetta Stone to, you know, and she did, she cleared out Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone only had two levels of Dutch, which is barely anything. That's because Rosetta Stone was made by human hands. And so there wasn't much of a cultivated program. And, no, uh, no, no, no. Wait, well, hold on. Despite the use of AI, Duolingo was made by human hands. No, generally it isn't. It is mostly, Duolingo has been designed almost by scraping language. They're, they're increasing the variability of Duolingo by scraping existing lessons and learning patterns to make more. That's the difference. It, right, but there's a human being who designs these games. 
that you, um, you play these games to right. learn the language. It's a human being who designs all this bullshit. What I'm saying is that the idea of building a complexity to the language, um, it's 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 a huge... I mean, they're, they're saving themselves a lot of work by using AI, which, again, Rosetta Stone was essentially every single character was etched out by a human. And I use Rosetta Stone... Yeah, in the past... That's true. I didn't even see that coming. I, in the past, I used Rosetta Stone for a little bit of uh, Italian when I was visiting Italy. I used it to buff up on a little bit Danish, um, you know, essentially just tourist shit for just for a couple of weeks before I went there. I was brushing in there to learn a little bit. And I barely remember any of that stuff. And, you know, what it is teaching you like Don Deus del Bagno. That is mostly what Rosetta Stone is good for. If you, if you approach Where is it, the bathroom, folks? Where is if, the bathroom? Yeah, thank you for... In Sentinelese Islander, we, I just wanted to get that out there. Um, but yeah, so the thing is, it's a test case and that Janice has been using it. My, my lovely wife, Janice, take her, please. Um, she has been using Duolingo for a while and I have seen, you know, her approach is, um, you know, it sends you push messages so that, um, you know, it essentially tries to get you to approach it every day. A little bit like a Tamagotchi asking for food, if you yes. will. Yeah. Yes. Not, not, none of this is incidental. Um, you know, and so she puts out, you know, she puts a good hour or so a day into the app of doing the lessons. And I see, I look over her shoulder and I see how it behaves. I see what her level of interaction is, um, what the sound of the actual voice, the cue, the, the CGI generated voice that is saying the Dutch, how fast it is, how clear, what accent it uses. All these things are very variable, especially in a small country like Holland, which has a lot of accents in a small place. It's very bizarre. There's not one standard Dutch accent. It changes, you know, just from the just from fifty miles a piece. You know, it the accent changes weirdly from village to village. Um, so I can see where the use would be if you're a self starter. I'm not. I I need to argue. I need to ask questions. So I needed a class situation, and so I've been in, I've been in weekly classes for the last four years, and I will continue there on. It it does not get any easier. My aptitude with the language is not increasing. It is constantly uh, my face into a brick wall. But I continue because I feel like I owe, I owe this country. The very merest of, of, you know, commitment in terms of learning the language. Honestly, you know, you don't need to do much else besides come here and pay your taxes. I'm going to try to learn the language as best I can. Um, you know, I, I think, though, that when we're talking about Duolingo, a lot of it comes down to uh, what you're asking for it. I mean, the idea of a whole generation learning ABCs sounds kind of perverse to me. But, I mean, that's just me. I'm a traditionalist. We came up in, you know, elementary schools in the 1980s, and late 70s, 1980s, and high schools in the 90s. I thought... You know, our education was fine. It sounds completely... It sounds like we went to fucking MIT starter systems compared to what public schools sound like today. In well, of, you hear about the bad ones. I think the good public schools are still good. But I, yeah. went to a, I went to a good public school. I don't know if you would describe your public school as well. I would. I would describe it as stellar. It was stellar. My public school was stellar. Um, but I know that that was before the Charter Revolution. You know, that, at that point, the only other alternative were Catholic schools. That was it. You know, and it, not like today where it's essentially every idiot homeschools their kids. And, you know, whatever year the dinosaurs buried the, um, the, the Mormon plates for Joseph Smith to find 10 years later. All that kind of ridiculousness. You know, I found that uh, in learning a language, the problem with being nearly 50 years old is I have zero neuro flexibility. I cannot wrap my head around a language. I am rejecting it like hastily grafted donor tissue. It, my body is trying to push it out through a hole in my side. And it is constantly bailing water out of a craft that is sinking fast. But my wife has better luck. I think she just has a, she has a better relationship with listening to a language. Being a sort of audiodidact comes easier to her. She's also a fucking professional writer. She's done this since she was like a child. She's maintained a diary. She has a more intense 
relationship with language than I do. And so I think Duolingo is perfect for her. Um, and she is 53 years old. And it's like, it's weird to see that, to see, you know, this kismet of a learning delivery and a human being who's kind of like prepared to put the work into it and treat it like a grown up adult as a learning, you know, a learning tool. The only thing that she doesn't do naturally, because I am, I'm going to a person, I'm speaking human language with a human being and you know i'm being corrected and, and and my accent's being corrected and i'm forced to listen to a person as she switches up her lessons and also my lesson is being dumbed down for me because obviously i'm a fucking idiot she's speaking slow easy clear dutch so i understand what she's saying and that's a different way to learn so you know i see there's a there's, there's an incredible uh, use for this but i'm still treating it like rosetta stone to some degree, I see this app. I don't think about the future. I don't think about AI. I don't think about replacing entire curricula, you know, when kids start to pick up books. And, you know, I think of it as this is a, this is a cool tool for someone who's a little older who might want to brush up on, again, Donde Este El Baño, El Bibliotec, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's just because I don't have any vision. I don't have any scale or scope in this sort of thing. But I mean, it's not, it's, you know, I what the hell's the downside of this so far? Other than gamifying something, you know, that, that's a little perverse. Just to, I mean, that's the engagement. It's essentially to keep you coming back. I, you know, we didn't have gamifying fucking macroeconomics and, 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 you know, physical chemistry when we were in school. We just had to go uh, and do it. But I think good teachers always did something like that. They tried, tried to make learning fun. Sure. You know, I, I tried to make it, exercises that felt more yeah. colorful. I mean, I think some teachers did that. Some teachers failed at that. You know, but I think that was a trend when we were kids in education. So what do you think of this thing? So as I said, I started a few days ago with Spanish, a language that, you know, it's funny. I feel like just being in this world, living in New York, living in San Francisco, I I, I know the basics of Spanish, but I really don't know anything. Yeah, me neither. It's amazing. Yeah, the same way. How many common words. I, like, I did not know that woman is mujer. Somehow I did not know that. I know that maricón means friend. Uh, I believe I knew that. Yeah. Anyway, basically, I'm at zero with Spanish. And when you sign up, they're like, do you need to brush up? I mean, it, it seems very flexible. It seems like there's something for everyone and all the language options. So it's been a fun little diversion of, you know, 20 minutes a day. And it feels like I'm learning some useful info, if not learning a language. But remember, I'm a, you know, my life is about trivia. I like info in tiny, discrete chunks that you could say are interesting, even if they're not useful. You know, just knowing, now that I know that mucho gusto means nice to meet you and lo siento means sorry. I didn't know those things before. I feel like having those things in my tool belt counts for something. Hey, what was your aptitude um, like when you were studying French back in the day? How did you, how did well, you actually deal with that? Okay, so I am not, I'm not, I don't, I've never had a language mind, right? So I, I guess I got lucky when I was starting in, no, early middle school. They're like, all right, are you going to learn French or Spanish? And I went for French for whatever reason. Oh, I guess because my parents were taking me to Paris when I was seven and I liked it. And then lucky, lucky me, when I was 15, we found out we were moving to Montreal. Good thing I had the very basics of French because you had to learn French in, in Montreal. So I lived in Montreal for three years. I had to take French in school. I was in the lowest level, you know, me and the, the, the kids from, you know, Macau. And, um, you know, you, Montreal is a city where everyone speaks English, but the signs are all in French. There are rules there. And of course, everyone speaks a little French. Everyone's pretty much all educated people are fluent in both languages in Montreal, so you just pick it up. So living there for three years, I could have a simple conversation, 
Uh, people always said my accent was great. My vocabulary was very bad. And then it just faded over time. I guess what I've learned and what I'm learning, and it's still early days with me learning Spanish via Duolingo, uh, counts for something. But I have trouble seeing how this would lead me to have a valuable conversation with, you know, the maintenance guy in my apartment building, right? All the people who, you know, Spanish is their first language around me. And it's always made me feel bad that I don't, I can't, I mean, they all speak English, but like, you know, it would be cool to be able to speak Spanish. It's a popular language in this country. I think every American should learn Spanish. Uh, but I don't know, you have to start somewhere and it's been four days. Maybe if I'm doing this four years, I will be able to do that. But from what I read online, it's your results may vary. And like you say, this is kind of harmless. Like 20 minutes on this a day has got to be better for me in terms of learning something or good for my brain better for me than another 20 minutes of scrolling through Facebook or Reddit. Um, but while it's pleasant, a pleasant diversion, I don't find it that fun. The gamification doesn't really work work on me since it's this, it's this kind of gamification you see in a lot of apps now where like you get the coins and there's a little jumping cartoon character. The experience points, I like, you know, level building. Yeah, I like the cartoon characters in this. I like the sound effects. I like the voices. They're cute. But, like, I remember for a while I was playing a lot of Scrabble on the Scrabble app. And it was cool. But then, like, oh, you've unlocked this. You get these coins. And all that. Like, I don't care. I ignore all that shit. For whatever reason, it doesn't work on me. Because I guess you had to have come up in the video gaming world of the generation younger than us to kind of have that mindset. Good on Duolingo that they understand that. But, again, we're old men. This shit is named our brains. Uh, it's always left me cold, this stuff. Uh... Now, in terms of it replacing education, I mean, this article in The New Yorker uh, basically profiled Duolingo from a few months ago, profiled life story of Louis Von Aon, however you pronounce it. I mean, he is, he's one of these tech guys, like, we're going to take over the world. We're going to change everything. And they're like, and I like that the reporter pushed back on him. I'm like, really? You're going to take over education? Like, Really? Like, AI, it's going to replace teachers. Isn't that bad? And he's like, well, okay, yeah, yeah, there's bad sides. But on balance, isn't it better? More people are going to get educated. Um, you know, I'll get to that in a bit. But every time we reference AI, I say the same fucking thing. Like, okay, AI would be great if this were really like the Jetsons and, you know, computers and robots could do everything. We'd all could sit back and relax. But the government is refusing to allow that. The way the even even though... Look, dude, I've said this. I'm very happy with Biden. I think the Democrats are moving in the right direction, but they can only do so much. The way things are moving now, AI is going to make every job obsolete and no one's going to have any money because they're going to go, well, just work harder, find a new job. This would be great if the government was willing to take care of people and, you know, fucking help people. Give them homes, give them money, give them food. It's not that hard. Hey, man. Here's your thought, man. They, gracias, todo, del baño. <laughs> You're welcome for the bathroom, man. All right, Noah, why is Duolingo popular? I mean, from reading the New York article, they did the smart marketing that successful tech companies do, the freemium model, the you become the buy, you know, they've taken over the language app market. There's something else called Babbel that apparently was the dominant one. And this one has superseded Babbel. And it's uh, just reading that, like the, the techniques they use, like, shit, why didn't I do that for my business? Maybe it's not too late. Who knows? Uh, Americans like it easy. They like it gamified, right? We're on our phones all the time. And I think there's a guilt element. Like I said, oh, it's got to be better than another 10 minutes of scrolling through Facebook and Reddit. So I think 
even though we're addicted to our phones and addicted to games and addicted to fun, there's a part of a lot of us that like, I really should be doing something more wholesome. I should be eating better. I should be reading a book. So if you could say, you know, you get your veggies while still eating the candy, I think people are going to go from that. There's a great quote in Slate that gets at that guilt factor even harder. It says, the marketing efforts of Duolingo and its competitors suggest that replacing a few minutes of social media is all it takes to pick up a new tongue. In no time, you'll converse with foreigners who will be so, so proud of you for being the good kind of American. <laughs> so it's not just that we want to feel better about our eyes glued to our phones. We want to feel better about being Americans in the age where we're like, hmm, we might suck. <laughs> but, but at least I know I know Spanish gerunds, for but Christ's sake. at least, I mean, that's sort of like I say, like, I want to talk to the maintenance guy. Like, come on, look at that. That's so like, I want to show him that I respect him as a human being. Like, I'm not one of those people who thinks of him as just the help. I know, you know, I want to, I want to be his buddy. Like, we all have that thing. And I think Duolingo gets at it. And I don't know. You know, we want we want to be better people as long as we don't have to try too hard. And I think Duolingo promises that, rightly or wrongly. It's funny because again, in my notes here, I I have queuing off of some of the things you just said said earlier. You know, I think that there is um, a type of American wish of personal betterment, uh, which involves learning another language. It's something that people have resolved since we've had like new year's resolutions since we've had the idea of losing weight and or living a sort of middle class life with a leisure class there's the idea that i have time to learn a language when you know it used to be that another language was the sign of a cultured life and someone who you know was living you know reading articles and reading books and and traveling and doing all these things that were worldly they it was less inward and more outward um I, I granted, I'm sure it's changed somewhat, but people are still traveling. People are, you know, they're doing those things in greater numbers than they ever had before. The question is, what is their relationship with the world as they do it? What is their relationship with themselves? Why are they doing that? Um, you know, uh, I do like that. I, mean, I could say why it's popular for me, and I think it's a little universal, is that there is a wish made in the spirit of being a more worldly intellectual type who's not just wasting their time watching bullshit ephemera. You know, that's where Duolingo and, and the competitors come in. I mean, you can go back to Berlitz. Do you remember Berlitz? There was an office for Berlitz right around the yeah. block from my office on Wall Street when I worked but at they, But they they sold at home. Like, did you go to classes or did they sell like at home learning yourself? It was, mostly, like, it was mostly learning material, but the idea, the Berlitz was a verb. I mean, granted, I'm, I'm talking about a very specific subculture of anybody who might know what I'm even talking about. But to say Berlitz was mean, means to essentially cram uh, language into your brain as fast as possible. Right. And they, they were selling CD-ROMs in the 90s, yep. right? That was the thing. That yeah, was, right. First, right. It, first it was books. It was crash courses in German, Japanese, right. Spanish, if you're traveling for business. It was a way to stuff into your head very fast. You know, it, it was it was self-betterment, but it was also a tool of, you know, mercantile tool where it's like, this will make you more money. You can be able to converse in these other foreign languages of business, you know. So, du you know, Duolingo and his competitors, Babel, etc., kind of have this all in mind where, well, you know, is it use? In most cases, a lot of the anecdotal stuff I've read wasn't necessarily use. It was more like hobby. Um, there's an interesting thing I read from this guy. I read an article on CNET from this dude named Mark Serrells. His quote was, was it helping me learn Spanish? It's hard to tell. Eventually, learning Spanish ceased to be the point. I remember one of my friends who was seeing, uh, who I was seeing for the first time since returning to Chile, tried to speak Spanish to me. And she, too, had been learning Spanish. Now, I completely froze. This woman was not speaking the language of Duolingo. She was speaking the language of the real world with actual words. And I was woefully <laughs> unequipped 
to respond. She knew sentences other than Juan eats apples. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. So, I mean, I think the popularity has to do with like this sort of intersection of the idea of, of, of self-embetterment, which isn't a word, but it's probably not on Duolingo, and the idea that is an e easily swallowable fashion, you know, game, you know, archetype, which is also kind of a stroke of genius. But, I mean, again, how much genius did it take to, to take one of the preeminent entertainment forms of our era and attach it to some other, you know, it's some other exploit. It happens all the time. Do you have no idea how to talk to children? <laughs> Does it make you feel like a bad person that you can't? Mm -hmm. It's never too late to learn with new Duolingo for Talking to Children, the first foreign language app for grown people who need to learn how to talk to kids because their friends are starting to have them. If this had existed, let's say you're in your 20s, you're in New York, you need to be a better guy, you know, you're losing all that weight you lost in your 20s, right? You need to find a woman. You need to build a better career because you, you work for the most evil man in America. Uh, would part of your... You described him that way to me once. Uh, that's a couple of jobs um, before that, but go on. Okay, fine. Sorry. Uh, you, uh, he, he's a dark horse contender for that title. Not, not as famous as some other contenders. Uh, would you have seen... If Duolingo were around them, would you have seen that as a tool to, to sharpen your mind and make you a more cosmopolitan... Well, I think that's the, the, the C word, cosmopolitan, is exactly the key. That, that's the C word? Okay. In this case. <laughs> yeah, when I call people the C word, I'm saying, you're cosmopolitan. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's what they said on Deadwood all the time was the C word, cosmopolitan. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the key phrase in this one. That's the phrase that pays because, um, you know, I'll, I'll think back to when we were, uh, you know, it, language was um, mandatory in 19, for us 1987, seventh grade. Um, that was the first year. No, sorry. Yeah, it was actually seventh. Sorry, seventh grade was the first year. I guess we were 11, 11 years old or so. Uh, we only had to take it. No, I think, we turned twelve right before seventh grade. All right, well, you get my point. We we were taking it um, for about I think two or three years was mandatory, and then you were allowed to cease it if you wanted. Um, so yeah, it was sort of coming a little bit. We knew that was one of the trials of adulthood was that you you have to pick a language, and it's almost like Jesus. I hope you pick wisely because in our school. You were offered three. You were offered French, German, and uh, Spanish, obviously. And most of the Spanish filled up really quickly because it was it was said that it was an easier language to learn. I don't necessarily think that's true, but that was the the story kids told each other and parents told children was, "Oh, take Spanish; it's easy to learn." French was supposed to be more difficult marginally than than Spanish, and then German was supposed to be the most difficult of them all. So much like um, Goodwill Hunting, uh, picking the hammer. Why? Because fuck him. That's why. I picked German on account of its difficulty curve. Um, That's right. So, I mean, again, it's a perceived difficulty. It, they were all difficult, no doubt. It's it's just bullshit. So, yeah, you know what? Learning a language was a flex um, of my intellect, and it was a way to elevate myself above the ignoramuses in my suburban readout. I definitely would have gravitated to this as a way to do so. Now, I mean, I think today, like I laid out at the beginning, I have a couple of different impetus, impeti, impetuses, Impetus? Impetodes. Impetodes. Nematodes. Impetodes. Uh, for learning Impetodes. a language. Octopodes. I, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is that your little model uh, a couple of minutes ago about the good American, I, I do get good responses from being the person who can muddle my way through social interactions. Yeah. And it's funny. Especially, you're in a place where everyone speaks pretty, pretty fluent English, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you could natively. easily get by. You could easily get by with nothing but English. Natively. Mm -hmm. Natively. I mean, yeah. you're talking about almost, in some cases, accent-free English. It's bizarre but anyway um 
Yeah, you know, I could muddle my way through some conversations and people look at me like I'm a fucking, you know, Nobel Prize winner. Like there's some, it, it, it doesn't do any good for the language and it necessarily isn't a reflection on my ability to speak it. It's just merely the amount of time I put into it counts in these very casual reactions. I don't use Dutch usefully, let's put it that way. And I can't get much further than ordering bagels and getting my dry cleaning. However, um, I appreciate the fact that, you know, I have a little bit of a halo around me because of it. I'll take it. Like, as I said, languages have never been my strong suit. I really struggled in French. I can only imagine if, I mean, I guess if I had started learning it, you know, my brain was still plastic when I was a toddler or whatever, I would have picked it up. Because I did pick up some living in Montreal as a, as a teenager, but I was never a language guy. You know, it's one of these things where I wish I knew five languages, but the idea of like having to learn five languages is just a nightmare to me. So this would have gone, I don't care. I mean, I would have, I'm not saying I wouldn't have found an app that I felt was making me smarter, but this wouldn't have been, languages wouldn't have been what I gravitated toward. Although, like I said, I think it's way of gamifying, it's, it's look, it's style, the way it lures you in, I think that would have worked better on me. That said, I'm going to keep going with this. I think you should. It's, it's great. Again, why I not? I, I don't see the downside. Why not? Unless it unless I, it claims bone marrow from you, I think you're doing okay. Yeah, I you know maybe that'll help me. Steak, steak. Wardis, wardis. Adevident, adevident. No, is there any sign of the apocalypse to do a slingus? The premium, like I said, the basic level is free, but they upsell you with various... By the way, we didn't mention this. This is an interesting wrinkle. You can take... Duolingo has a class. You could take it to get certified as an English speaker, the kind of certification that they make foreign students, you know... There's there's classes you could take for like it's like the SAT two hundred dollars you got to go to like a college and take it and all right you know English well enough to to register yep. at this college. I mean te technically the same standards apply to all languages in the world. It's a framework that like yes. for, you know it's it's the A through C level. There's there's A two A one A two B one B two C two. I right now I'm on B one. That's where my Dutch level isn't. And the really? high, the highest is C two essentially assumes fluency to some degree. Yeah. Okay. And then C4, you just blow it. Yeah, out. those are plastic explosives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the point is, apparently, the classes you've taken since time immemorial, if you're not a native English speaker, well, Duolingo offers a class you can take at home. It takes half as long. It costs half as much. And more and more universities are accepting it. So this has put pressure on the old school people to at least, I mean, the pandemic did as well, to at least offer something you could take at home. So anyway, that's sort of how they make their money. But also they, they upsell you to Duolingo Max, which includes, uh, I mentioned before, role play. And a subscription to the Sopranos and Succession, and uh, you get to watch all those things on the app. <laughs> you get to watch. That would be kind of cool if it, like, it came with, they should partner with like Netflix or whatever, and it came with a membership, but you can only watch shows in the language you're learning. <laughs> yeah, right. Like dubbed over. I mean, that's one way to learn. I remember the kid I met at summer camp when I was like 12. He was from Israel, but he had moved to the U.S. And his English was fluent. He had an accent, but it was absolutely fluent. He said he learned 100% of it just watching TV. <laughs> like, just didn't, I guess he didn't go to school. Maybe it was over the summer. I don't know. Anyway, um, so here's a quote. Okay, GPT-4 responds to language prompts. I, I guess I got this quote from the New Yorker. Uh, GPT-4 responds to language prompts with a dexterity that far surpasses that of its predecessor. The old way they had conversations. 
when Von Ahn saw what it was capable of, he scrapped the two programs involving human teachers. Quote, it took me approximately one minute, he told me later. Within a day, we had reformed a team to work exactly on this. So it's like I said before, if AI, you know, those human teachers, the fuck are they doing now, right? If we all lose our jobs because everything is just done by AI, and Duolingo seems to be one of the many, many, many tech entities that are embracing this wholeheartedly, you know, moving fast and breaking shit and not caring about the human cost. And frankly, they shouldn't care about the human cost. They're businesses. Businesses are amoral. When we ask businesses to take care of us, we are asking for trouble. Government, by the people, of the people, for the people. Government needs to take care of us. So I would like to start off, Noah, my uh, contribution to this segment by reading a short list, okay? Follow okay. with me at home here, okay? Please. Carrot curry is actually very nice. You might be a duck. They see you shower. My horse is not an artist, but an architect. This is a cafe, not a circus. My wizard cat is a Viking. These horses will not live until the next month. Have you already met the important rhinoceros? And finally, my wish is to not kill any more. Now, Noah, what I just read to you is a, a collection of sample sentences from many different languages in Duolingo that users reported to a subreddit uh, about yes. du Duolingo memes, okay? Now, these sentences are gibberish. In fact, have you already met the important rhinoceros was a contribution from my wife. I asked her for a sample gibberish sentence that she personally came into contact with while learning the app, and she never forgot this one. She has a whole raft of them that she's remembered. This is the uh, number one one that she thought that should be added to the list. So the idea of learning, like these were not human crafted sentences. This is subject, verb, predicate uh, with adverbial form, adjectival form, et cetera, et cetera, tenses. AI put these together without knowing what carrot curry is, without knowing this is a cafe, not a circus. It's building the sentences to some degree completely free of context and meaning. Um, now, I understand that uh, Louis Van Ahn knows this already and i think that this has kind of been boasted a little bit as a quirk a a, a, a you know a planned quirk it, it's a little bit of a an object inside the software that's supposed to make it it keeps you keeps you frosty i think it's kind of the point um you know and and what i'm going to say though is that i'm generally all in on people learning a language i i don't see much of a downside to this i think it's even if it's weird and gamified even if you not you knock it off after a while i think it's a good attempt it seems like more people are actually going for it and it's like you're not not learning spanish you're just not learning it well probably you know what i'm <laughs> yeah. saying no, you're, you're learning you're learning stuff that might be useful to learning spanish yeah, right. It may be something along. It would not be good for me because I need I need a different classroom pedagogy. I need to argue with somebody like a fucking lawyer. And my teacher, she's got the saint of, uh, patience of a saint because I've been paying her a lot of money for the last four years. And she I think she actually is thrilled by this. It's, it's actual engagement. It's using every single tool that she's designed over the last four years of teaching. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm her only English language student learning Dutch. She teaches Dutch. She teaches Spanish to Dutch language people. That's her primary competence. I see. I see. So yeah, this is this is something out of her wheelhouse, and I think she's genuinely excited to do it. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, the, the weirdness is that what you know what is built into this app is very strange, and the AI portion of it, I think, kind of scrubs a little bit of comprehensibility. Granted, I know that can change anyway. That's just what the settings are right now. Um, 
And, I, you know, people aren't complaining about this. When I first heard about it, the, you know, the, the quality of the actual language, I scratched my head and I said, this would not be conducive to me learning. You know, and, and very quickly, I took, before I found this teacher, I took a, I entered, I matriculated into a breakneck two-week course, crash course into learning Dutch conversationally after two weeks. And I quit after three days because the teaching method was not my, I couldn't argue with it. I couldn't get the answer to the questions I needed. It was more confusing than anything else. And I realized I was learning wrong answers before correct answers. And I could not get rid of the wrong answers in my head. I just knew them. I have a very strange learning way. Anyway, so one of the first things they asked you in this class was, um, they asked you, in the Dutch term, it's called coffee broken. And what it literally means is like American, coffee with milk. You know, mocha, that sort of thing. But it's called coffee broken. Coffee verkeerd. And I, you know, that's... Coffee the, broken? Coffee broken, yes. That's the, that's the word in <laughs> okay. Dutch for that's, it. That's Americano? Okay. Yeah, and it's like, and so I, you know, that was the, that was the, um, that was the exercise after day one. And I'm puzzling over, and I couldn't find anything online, couldn't Google it. And I was so confused. And when I went to class on day number two... The guy said, oh, there's no way you would know that. That's a trick question. And I picked up my bags. And I said, I got to get out of here. Sorry, I can't learn when you're trying to trick me on day two. This is not working. They will have tried to talk to you by the time the story is published. Bill, is there any sense of uh, Duolingo phenomenon that you're jealous of? Oh. Are you jealous of your wife that she seems to be able to, I mean, you, 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 is this sour grapes for you? They're like, I'm really learning Dutch. She's just sitting on the couch playing a fucking game. Like, is there any jealousy? Let's be honest. Come yeah, on. well, it, it, there's two different levels of jealousy. First of all, let's refer back to my wife again. Yeah, I think that she's picking up, um, she's not doing as much work as I've done. Uh, it's not nearly as hard for her. And I think she, um, I think she is con proportionally considering the work she's put into it. I think she's got more out of it than I have my class. It's not, it's not just grinding its way to, you know, a sort of internecine conflict with language. I think she's thriving better than I am with putting either less and or different effort into it as I would judge it. But I mean, globally, um, even though I'm studying the language now and have done so in the past, look, when I was in high school, I, I referenced, I took, I took German beyond the, you know, um, mandatory. And I took two years of Latin on top of that, even concurrently wow. while I was studying. You took Latin? I didn't know that. Yeah. Two years, two years of Latin. It was great. It was fantastic. It was That's absolutely very useful language. Absolutely. Useful. It was totally useful. I loved yeah, it. I mean, as, as a fan of language, it was, it's the stem of everything in the, in the West. Yeah. But like, don't you want to learn a language so you could actually fucking talk to someone? Like talk about useless information that might be fun to learn. Like, one eats apples, which is the most complicated sentence I've learned in the past few days, like, is not useful, but it's interesting, right? Uh -huh. And I feel like that's the entire studying Latin in this day and age. Uh, it was the root of language. What can I say? So All the right. thing is, is that, you know, you do you? a bilinguality as a concept has always been one of those primal jealousies that I've felt. I, I can't really explain it, why that would be. Maybe it's because it makes me feel shabby intellectually. I, I don't know. But the idea of like bilinguality in particular is a, is, is a specific uh, quotient of, of being a learned person that always made me feel less than. So like I said, even though I'm studying a language, you know, I do not consider myself conversant in Dutch. I don't consider myself, I can't call myself fluent. I don't, I can't adjust my own level in Dutch at all. My wife is impressed by what I can do. Some Dutch people are impressed. I, I think I feel miserably. I think I can't understand Dutch when it's spoken to me. I feel like I have a long way to go. So I'm in over my head and I'm drowning inside the language. It's not really wholly useful so far. So uh, yeah, you know, it's, I, 
really have always envied the people who can shift effortlessly between two worlds because you know especially in a country like this granted english may be the lingua franca in amsterdam and most of these larger cities dutch opens doors and windows that you can't see it is another access to a place you know like likewise as it would in new york too if you spoke spanish you would interact with the thing around you yes yes that's why i want to learn spanish exactly. like, and now san francisco probably even more so yeah. yes yeah how about you uh, I'm not especially jealous. I mean, I look, yeah, I wish I spoke Spanish, but I feel like that's separate from being jealous of Duolingo. I wish I, I mean, this is true of most of the topic you talk about. I wish I, this kind of gamification, this kind of, eth, not ethos, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Pedagogy? Like, m no, milieu, just with the, the jumping little cartoon rounded animals and funny characters and the gold coins and all that. I wish that spoke to me in some way, but this is the whole point of this damn podcast is we're getting old and, the, and stuff like this isn't aimed at us anymore. You know, what was the Homer Simpson line? I'm white male, male age, 18 to 49. You know, my ideas are, are acted upon, or he says something, uh, no matter how stupid they are. And then he, and then he opens a can of nuts and gum together at last. <laughs> um, but, you know, he said 18 to 49. We're, we're getting close to 49. So, uh, you know, I wish... This was made for me, but it's not. And it's kind of up to me to get with the program. Um, yeah, and I wish I spoke like 10 languages. But it's funny because I'm not a big traveler. <laughs> so it's not like, yeah, I wish I spoke Chinese. Well, I don't really, well, I kind of want to go to China. But, you know, it's not high on my list of adventures. If, if I die without having going to China, I'll be okay. Learn um, I just went, whatever they speak in Pyongyang, whatever form of like bunker right, Korean, like that's what you want Korean, to learn. Yes, exactly. That's exactly because that'll be useful. I don't know. I mean, if I, if I woke up tomorrow and magically spoke Chinese, Mandarin. Uh, I would say I you mean, probably have a tumor, but hey, that's just me. Well, it's an interesting tumor. I would be a lot more willing to go to China. I mean, let me think. I, like, I don't want to go to India at all. Like, no way. I don't fucking want to go to India. I would go. I would so go. I'm thinking out loud right now. If I woke up tomorrow and spoke Hindi, would I want to go? No. I still wouldn't want to go, but I'd be more willing to go, you know? Uh, you know, part of the reason I dreamed to go to Australia for years and finally did is because I like the idea of going to a place that's just slightly exotic. I'm not the craziest traveler. I don't know how to go off on that tangent. The point is, I do wish I knew more languages, but it's not a real powerful wish, so I'm not that jealous. All right. So... Anything. Let's slide into our final segment here, Noah. As you bring it home, let's talk about the... Why don't we slide? The Scalopian... Why don't we slide? Slide slide to me, as Delamitri once yes. uh, sang. The Felonian Scale. I really liked that band. They were you know, Scottish, right? The Weren't they from once? like Edinburgh or they Glasgow? They were Scottish, yeah. yes. They were a good band. They had some really sad motherfucking songs. I don't know. That guy, what was his name? Justin Harvey, I believe. Singer-songwriter. Talented dude. I wonder what he's doing. All right. Anyway, back, to, back to the topic. Where would you slide this yeah. thing in our uh, XYZ axis of topics? Uh, all right. So I thought of a little computer game that I'm still playing, which is Wordle. You know I'm still playing Wordle every day? So am I. Right here, baby. Fuck it. Fucking love it. It was Ethos, in fact. It. You said Ethos. It was like Ethos yesterday. It was Ethos. It was Ethos yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. It was... Well, I'm too late now. Uh, it was Ethos yesterday. So that's why it's on my mind, even though it was an inappropriate word. Hey, say what you want uh, about so National Socialism. At least it was an Ethos, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right so wordle times borg remember borg so we're taking a yes, game yes i do remember borg yes we're, we're multiplying it by something you haven't had a lot of borg if you remember borg by something stupid that people just do for fun and then i added something else that's supposedly good for you but like maybe too easy to be true and that's ozempic 
and then you subtract 14.312. Yeah. Well, that, that part I could have guessed, yeah. Duolingo. Okay. You could have guessed. That part is easy. Not, for, not 13.312, but 14. No, I wouldn't have added up. It's like eight-minute abs, yeah. you know? Nine, yeah. nine doesn't work. Seven doesn't work. No, eight, eight like the eight little, eight little chickens dancing by the ocean. <laughs> All right, so I this was an easy uh, one-to-one. I compared this to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, Noah. Uh, you know, here's here's the thing. There's 2020, 2021. Well, was no, it? No, we did. It was due to 2020 is what we did. So there, there's right, but it didn't happen until 21. Okay, whatever you say, man. Remember? Look, you're a guy stuck in Don't time. You, there was there was there was a little problem in the summer of 2020. Did, did you hear about that? Yeah, the problem was I lost my wallet. So look, here's the thing about the if 20, it ain't about you, it's not an issue. Here's the thing about the 2020 Olympics is that there's kind of no real urgent downside, and you know, instead on on the other side of that, there's a chance to watch people stretch themselves towards something commendable. Um, but you're not watching people; you're doing it yourself. I'm watching somebody. I am watching. You're watching your doing, wife. I'm watching my wife. But, but, I'm watching your. Most right people now. don't know this, but but Bill's wife is an Olympic gold medalist. She she was in the biathlon. Yeah. Hey, you know she, that was which a, is that was a, red, like that was a phase in college. All right. That's a phase. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love making this. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everybody. Uh, that takes us to the end of yet another episode. God knows why, but here we are. If you want to find past episodes, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, tweet to us at No One Bill Show. Write to us, uh, No One Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com and give us a review. Uh, and also see a review that we put on an old Yiddish review. They're very entertaining. And they're short. <laughs> they're very short. Yes, I, I might not be good at languages, but I do speak fluent Yiddish. So. <laughs> the comedy is very broad, so you'll be able to get yes. it in if you don't. Like, ask your great grandparents if you don't get the reference. Hillel Tarna will tell you all about it later. Yes. Uh, so Yisrael I, Yehuda. I'm on a Twitter, X Twitter, Twitter, at, uh, oh, at what the fuck at William Scurry. I'm on YouTube, youtubecom slash Um Also, I was a guest, uh, as I feel like I've said this every single week. I, our good friend uh, James Hancock and his channel on YouTube is called Geek in NYC. I did a 90-minute shakedown of the X-Men. It's real hardcore nerd shit. But if you like comic books, if you like the X-Men, take a look on Geek in NYC, James Hancock, and you'll see a live stream that we did. Cameras on, everything. It, you know, the, the whole, you know, I, I combed my hair. It was great. Uh, good. Anyway, so uh, that's where you can find me, and here's Noah. He'll tell you where you can't see him. You can see all kinds of things about me at BigQuizThing.com. The Big Quiz Thing, America's finest source for uh, premier uh, trivia, live event entertainment, in-person, virtual, hybrid. Uh, we have uh, we have a little fun event coming up August 9th. We're doing another midday trivia break. That means uh, it's a virtual game hosted by me at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1%, 1%, 1 p.m. Pacific. And it's a little try-before-you-buy thing. You know, one-hour game, join your friends, get a little break in the workday, play the game, and, um, you know, learn how uh, the Big Quiz thing makes private and corporate event trivia fun happen. So uh, check out details about that. Uh, RSVP is free to play, bigquizthing.com. And uh, I personally am on both. I'm, I'm really on X or whatever it is anymore. That's a terrible name. Awful. It's awful. A terrible it's just- Universally terrible yeah. name. Unlike putting aside that Twitter has got so, like ninety nine point nine percent familiar. I mean, there's people in the Sentinelese Islands that at least heard of Twitter. I know that for Twitter. a fact. Elon Musk is an idiot. So, um, uh, but I am on Threads now, and I'm on Instagram, the Noah Tarno. So yeah, I post on occasion. Check me out there. 
Uh, but really, just go to bigquisting.com. You know, help a brother out. Tot de volgende aflevering. Was niet. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2023.